Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but maybe just couldn't win a bid? I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you. A year ago, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look. Now, yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not going to overpay for the home. But here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent, and now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see, at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid, and you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that, homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when in the housing collapse of 2008, you bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you've played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love long-term because here's what's not long-term, these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction And that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. 
We're going to give you the peace of mind of a seven-year guarantee. When rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when, that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now. And then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved, and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Woo Wings. Yeah. Woo woo. Welcome to my world with Jeff Jarrett. And yes, it's me, the one and only Clonrad Thompson sitting in for Conrad Thompson. I am Cassio. He is under the weather again, Jeff. He just cannot stop shitting his pants. I'm just going to be honest with you. Oh, I know we got a potty mouth and a potty britches uh, <laughs> where you're getting it started. You know, I already miss old Conrad. You know, he starts the podcast and we couldn't do it at, without the Hall of Famer anyway. He has a nice. No, no. We're good. Yeah, we don't. I'm not doing that. We're getting into this. Cassio. Okay. (laughs) Just that one. Cause I can't, I can't get it all. I I do owe you didn't know with your boy Road Dog, which is why we are doing the Road Dog special today. Yeah. And he didn't let me cuss either. And so I just not uh, just none. None. So I had to get one in here. This is my outlet. I just had to get one (laughs) right out of the gate. (laughs) Now it's behind us. It's kind of like, everybody's divorced. You get the first one out of the way and then you, now you're running and rocking and rolling. Well, do you think Conrad is saying that right now? He got the first poop out of the way. <laughs> you start kind of sticking with him, right? I but, said, are you right. good? Do I need to fill in? And he just texts back. It's bad. <laughs> so That's not funny. We're laughing at a poor man sitting on the side of the bed. His poor chili sleep is, uh, Oh, it's, it's a new meaning of chili. <laughs> It's a new meaning of chili. <laughs> Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I, I was about to say, do you think he's still reeling? Yes. It is. This is called, uh, you know, you have postpartum de- depression. This is po- post-poop uh, depression. <laughs> Post-Rocky Top depression. Post-Pootum depression. Uh, you, you guys laid it on him. Karen brought him. Brought you new gear. You had the swag out. It was Roll just tide. orange, buddy. Buddy, I'm telling you, and after this past weekend, and look, I got my nice double J Titan shirt on. Titan's got to win. Ball's got to win. Um, so you had to rub that in my face. You know, I'm a Colts fan. 
Of course. And you went up three weeks ago and I just mm-hmm. beat those britches, you know, at, your, at the Colts place. We right there in front of me. And then yeah. did it again. Oh, Doc was all happy. Yeah. Me and Cassie <laughs> are going to watch the game. You want to lay down a wager? Bring it on. Bring it on. So let me ask. Is As your we're talking, Matt Ryan just fumbled. As we were talking, he fumbled again. <laughs> it's a turnover machine. My question was going to be is, will he make it the rest of the year? Will he finish the season? Uh, like you think injury, are you talking about injury physically, or do you think they'll bench him? Bench him. Uh, I don't think they'll bench him. Cause I don't think they got anybody. It's not like we have the future guy on the <laughs> roster. So not like we got to get somebody reps. I think we just going to ride this out. We, you know, we, the Colts struck gold with Phillip rivers for a couple of years. I mean, he, he did better than anybody could have imagined on his last couple of years. I think they tried it one more time. Packers. I saw that Colts and the Packers Colts had Peyton and luck and then kind of fell into rivers. Yes. Packers far to Rogers. That just doesn't happen. And two franchises, uh, and what they got one super bowl, uh, in the last, Uh, yeah, here we go. Clone rad clone rad. We got a topic today, but me and Conrad kind of, get things out of the way. And we've got our Bama talk out of the way. I won't talk baseball today. Although a lot of news going on there. I won't talk video game today because WrestleQuest is being released Q1. That's going to be a whole big thing. Is it Q1? Buddy. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, I've been hearing y'all talk about this for a while. Thir- I think we're up to 13 awards. No kidding. I look, I didn't, I mean, I'm just a small part of the deal, but yeah, it, it has, Taking the video game market, um, man, it's crazy. I'm saying this. It's literally taking the video game market by storm. It, it awesome. is something that kind of started. And when you kind of get into the weeds and again, I, I wasn't a gamer. I'm not a gamer. I'm the wrestling side of this, but, um, <laughs> as I've understand the business more and more and just see the success and went over to, uh, uh the Japan convention and, and won some awards over there. It's WrestleQuest. You wrestling fans out there. This is not a simulation game like a Madden, like a uh, Madden football or something like that. So it's it's not a WWE 2K type game. It's a storytelling. And this is right up our alley. You know, we here at uh, My World and Conrad's uh, The Podfather. Uh, he tells stories through nostalgia. That's what this game is. It's, you know, the IP of Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the Road Warriors, and Jake, and on and on and on. And it's a story. It's Japanese role-playing. Um, so it's going to be a, a really cool game, but, uh, I can't get, I, I just, we have our up, uh, weekly and monthly updating calls and Russell quest is super cool coming out Q1 2023 for sure. For those who have not heard you talk about it, maybe they're, uh, maybe they're fans of, oh, you didn't know. And they're taking a peek at this episode. W- what platforms is it on? Is it mobile? Is it phone? Is it uh, actual consoles? All the above everything, everything. Get ready, folks. Yeah, it's uh, the downloadable content that are, are being churned out right now. It's exciting, man. So uh, you gamers out there, listeners of my world, or maybe, oh, you didn't know. Um, I got to get into the well, Get ready for WrestleQuest. Let me ask you, how is, oh, you didn't know? All right, folks of my world, <laughs> they have not migrated uh, or my old man, Road Dog, Jesse James. Your right? boy. My man, Gerard, you know. Gerard, is that what you call him? Well, what do you call him? Like, if you see him, y'all show up at whatever Ric Flair's last match, Starcast. Y'all walk in, and what do you say? Turkey what up, tail. dog? What up, Turkey Tail? Turkey Tail. 
<laughs> I have no what idea. What is that from? That's a Brianism. I have turkey no tail. Hey, turkey tail. I have is no it idea. His hair was it his dress? Did he call him the turkey tails? <laughs> I have no idea. But no, I'll call him that or um, Brian. I'll call him Brian. He says Hunter calls him Diggity for Hot Diggity Dog. Have you ever heard that? I have not heard that. Yeah. See, I don't ever know what to call. I call him RD. Is he Brian? Is he Jesse James? The roadie. We're going to get to all of it because my man is definitely a topic, a full topic. You guys have talked to him before. You guys have episodes on him. Yep. Uh, So go back in the archives and check that out. Yeah. We, we, we've yet to do a full episode. We talked about it when, uh, uh, Brian's the actual one. Cause he's former Marine. He's the actual one that loaded the 357 uh, and the, uh, 44 revolver. When I held Vince up, Brian was the actual one that loaded the, loaded the gun. <laughs> then he had the AK that guarded my bag. And then he served as my sniper on a couple of different occasions, but no, okay. yeah. uh, we've never done a full episode, but we get it. We, we got pretty in depth there. Obviously, we'll get into some sobriety talk on both of our journeys down that. Uh, but what's fascinating, when we had to pivot, and folks, next week, we will cover Dixie Carter. That's going to be a two-parter, a three-parter. Of Conrad Conrad will steer the ship on that, so we're not real sure because it, 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 it kind of goes in segments because there's such a long relationship there. But Brian's the same thing. When I look at really our, our friendship, and it goes super deep, um, I think it's really the early years. Then it kind of goes into the TNA years. And then you could almost say into the sobriety years. And it's all kind of interwoven kid rocks, bus trip. But we may get into here. Um, maybe Kelly, Steve food, uh, up in, um, uh, up around Boston, um, Brian, uh, not being able to hold his liquor. Um, and I, I should have known that night. You know, I may have a problem with, with liquor because it never bothered me. And old Brian over there uh, might have should have figured out that, um, well, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into No, <laughs> this is better than any question I have. I just, just let you roll and do a highlight film. Oh, but just like how we met and look, my grandfather and my father work with Bullet Bob. I mean, on my world, on, on social media, we'll post from time to time, different cards. And now that my dad's kind of been introduced in the story, some cards, uh, wrestling cards, a signage, uh, from the seventies. And, 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 but when you go back to the sixties, literally our families have worked together since the sixties. And it's, you know, at one time they lived in Nashville, uh, Scott, uh, the oldest of the group, uh, went to high school here. Here's a little trivia note. What does Scott Armstrong and Dwayne Johnson have in common. Dwayne the Rock Johnson? What? My bad. It, it, do you have someone like a co-host in Huntsville that's like uh, an <laughs> intern at your radio station named Dwayne Johnson? Of course the Rock. So I, I mean, wanted to make sure. What? What does Scott Armstrong? Little, little footnote that you, this is, this is uh, as my man Dutch Mantel would say, this is goes in the top of the file of useless knowledge. Okay. But. Scott Armstrong, Dwayne Cassio for clarification, The Rock, The Rock, the son of Rocky, okay, the grandson of Peter Johnson, who also has a series on NBC. Do I need to make it any clearer, Cassio? Okay, we're, we're talking, I got the guy now. I got. Yeah, don't slap me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got a lot. I wish we. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was one of my best slaps too. Look, I'm going to have ADD talking to you. I, I am, I am, I'm fired up to do this episode. But <laughs> I hate that Conrad's pooping in his pants. And <laughs> okay. We're going to have fun. But anyway, here's the useless trivia. Scott Armstrong, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, both went to McGavick high school in Nashville, Tennessee for very short stints. Really? Yep. See, this is a small world altogether. Isn't it though? I mean, it, it's crazy. And, uh, yeah. So that's, uh, but yeah, the Armstrong's lived here for a very short period of time. Uh, rock as well. When Rocky, when they had moved into town, he went to school for just a short period of time. So, uh, yeah. How about that? So yeah, the Armstrong's and the Jarrett's go way, 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 way back. And then, you know, they ran their own territory, Knoxville and Gulf breeze where the whole crew kind of, you know, Bob's from Marietta. Uh, that's where he, you know, Bob and Gail from Georgia, but they, set up roots in Gulf breeze right down there by P Cola, also known as Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Brian's still down there. Hey, talk about uh, while we're here. And, uh, because we've, we've mentioned it on, oh, you didn't know. Um, and he laughs about it, but talking about bullet bar, Bob Armstrong, and he always says, Hey man, he was big in the South, but talk about just how big Bob Armstrong was. I mean, he was incredibly over. Over ain't even the word. He was just trying to think how to, to really, because it was such a different era. And, you know, uh, have you caught tales of the territories? You caught any of those episodes? Not yet. I'm behind. Okay. But anyway, that, that show, I think does a real good job that kind of clarifies for the folks. That's what I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback off that show that people, who really came into wrestling maybe in the nineties, maybe the attitude era that hurt, you know, obviously new wrestling was around in the sixties and seventies and in early eighties, but didn't understand like what a territory was. And that shows doing a good job. So Bob was that he was a regional, a territory superstar, but he was like a megastar. I mean, he Incredible. was a Hulk Hogan. He was a stone cold. He, he was a John Cena of the territory and he was so good at his trade and his craft, man, I, I'm just trying to think you, you uh, caught me a little off guard. I, I wasn't thinking I was going to, but his authenticity, his ability and look, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Scott, Brad, Steve, Brian, they're all phenomenal workers, um, storytellers, from a, from a verbal sense. And I think the, the, the brothers, uh, and even if Brad was alive, would, would agree. Brian by far has the best verbal skills, but in ring skills, they could all tell stories. Bullet could do both. I mean, he could talk them into the building like none other. He looked great. He worked out daily into his late, 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 late years until he got really sick. Yeah. He, 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 he was in the gym. So he took care of his body. Uh, worked his ass off. Um, he was just a, a mega star. And look, he, you know, part owner of a territory uh, of Southeastern that promoted really from Knoxville down to through Birmingham and even down to the Panhandle of Florida. So the bullet was the man. And, and his place in WWE Hall of Fame is big time, rightfully deserved in so many ways. With, you know, I'm from Northeast Alabama. And so, Buddy, when you talk wrestling to my dad's generation and anybody before, he's on the short list of favorite wrestlers. Bob Armstrong is going to be in the discussion. I mean, he 
it, it starts with him. So, I mean, like you said, it's hard to, if you weren't in the territory, it's hard to explain how big he was, but he was, he was it. He was so, it. It look, and I, 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 in the TNA years, and we may or may not get to that today, but you know, bullet was effective with being a, a figurehead commissioner or, I mean, you know, an arm wrestling competition in his sixties. I mean, come on, come on. I mean, ser- I mean, he's super effective, but in his prime and I, you know, I I've heard stories, not just from my dad and my grandfather, but, but different talent about, Oh, you know, they always refer to all oh, the bullet man, he, he, he could do a, B and C. And remember when we did that angle and we were hoping for a good house, we turned him away. He, he was, you know, he, he, he was box office. And at the end of the day, that's what the industry is about. You can be a good in-ring performer. You can have a great promo skill. You can do this and that and all kind of, you know, in this era, you can have all kind of five-star accolades or whatever it may be. Bullet drew money. And that's the most important thing in the industry. Bullet could put butts in seats. Speaking but, of butts, how do you think Conrad's is right now? Wet. <laughs> I'm going to hammer him all day today. Just, okay. just, it's I'm here for it, buddy. Look, you know what? I've gotten a lot of feedback off light. I mean, that's another thing me and Conrad do. You know what? The resounding, overwhelming <clears throat> feedback that we got from last week. What? Oh, Conrad was prepared for you, Jeff. <clears throat> he just had fun with it and just kind of wasn't upset or angry. Mm-hmm. And oh, jolly, golly gee whiz. What a great football game it was and all nicey nice. Mm-hmm. I said, Conrad's a working son of a gun. We know him deep in his crawl. He was furious. Oh, I was down in triple mania. I was in Mexico. I got to eat good food and <laughs> yeah. Him and Dave green got the same bug. See? Yeah. And he won't act like Alabama. So I'm going to, I'm going to just pound on him. All, all episode. You have okay? you ever, have you, oh, buddy. Please this don't you're, you're usually pounding me when I'm near a Jarrett. So pound Conrad this time. <laughs> how's Jarrett, your boy Corey? Is he how's my what? your boy Corey? That he's little, hurting. He's still tough. You smashed little, him. Oh, what a wimp. Complete wimp. He moved. You gave him the stroke. Oh, he, he moved on the guitar shot folks. He flinched. Explain who Corey is for the non my world. Cool. Corey Ryan Forrester is part of a uh, comedy group. One of our buddies, he's done a lot of our events. He hosts happy hour with rebel on uh, adfreeshows.com. And, uh, we were at uh, top guy weekend and, um, well, we were doing a promo show where we making fun of old wrestling promos. And he started talking about his Nana never was a fan of you. And then spouted off about Karen Jarrett and had some really harsh words about Karen. Yes. Um, and now me and Karen's oh, always got that. along. No, you haven't. Well, we were, we weren't slapping territory, uh, <laughs> until that weekend. And she was all heated at Corey. And, uh, cause I got in the between them to tell him to stop. And, and I caught another slap, my second Jarrett slap. Um, if I could get your dad to slap me, I'll have the, the Holy Trinity. We'll get to it in a minute, but Cody said you're next. I don't, it's not maybe a Look, gold thing. Cody's but- already got Harvey ready. <laughs> Should we do tag team? You're reffing. Are you reffing? Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. I'll but tag with the Cody. Oh no, Cody's Cody wants to see. I'll tag with Hermie. <laughs> Cody and Karen can take us on. Okay. You're I'm gonna sorry. be jaded. Oh, too much. Um, 
let's let's well, look me and you's gonna go all over the board here uh, we are uh, yeah it's yeah i apologize it is pooping his pants we have poop of the mouth we have diarrhea of the mouth. we're gonna be all over the board here but we're having fun uh let's get to, you talked about jared's and armstrong's doing business for i don't know 50 years uh did you and you you and you and road dog spent a lot of time together uh traveling up and down these roads spent a lot of times in hotel rooms together did you guys ever discuss i don't know pitfalls advice whatever the case may be about being a next generation a second generation third whatever it may be in y'all's case but a a generational family in wrestling and what it's like breaking into the business with you've already got your family established in the wrestling business so i'll kind of give you a set point maybe this is a diving off point that that'll help you understand clone rad um I'll take the first time I met Brian, and this is what's kind of ironic is that Steve Armstrong, Brad Armstrong, Scott Armstrong all worked for my dad. Uh, I, I don't want to say a lot, but they small bits and pieces, you know, in the territory era, if you will. I started in April of 86, you know, as the territories winding down. So I, I started and Brian, um, entered the Marines about that time, not about 87, 88. He, he did his stint. So the first time I ever met Brian was in Lowell, Massachusetts, the day of his tryout for WWF <laughs> because our families had worked together, but you know, he had got into the business just a little bit and then went off and, and we'll Is that talk 93. So 93, uh, no, uh, yes, my bad. Was it- 93, right? Fall of 93. No, my bad. Fall of 94. Okay, 94. The Double J character debuted at the end of 93. Uh, you know, had had the, the, the I'll call it, you know, as Vince McMahon said, Jeff, we're going to put you out on the road for a year and you're going to get over and we're going to get you over and blah, 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 blah. And so it rolled along and I worked from Bob Backlund to Bob Holly to Doink. Um, just a, a number of opponents. We did the Survivor Series, whereas I was with Kevin and uh, and Sean and Owen and Nightheart. Um, that '94 run was just out, essentially, kind of getting wins. But um, the Double J singing character Vince had a vision and his brain that he wanted to. Right, how do we take this to the next level? I think whether you want to, I don't say divine interview. Yeah, but I mean it was. It was meant to be Brian, uh, had, you know, done some jobs in WCW. Uh, he just wanted his break and he can't, they flew him up for a tryout and, uh, Brian tells a story better than I do, but they asked him to sing. And he just, as you know, I think Brian is one of the most talented individuals, not just in the industry, one of the most talented individuals I've ever met. He is, you know, if you ever seen Jerry Lawler draw, you just go, okay. Nobody taught him that. He, he just is yeah. super mega talented creatively. Brian's the same way. From a creative, artistic, you know, ask Brian to 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 uh, figure out how to go uh, two blocks down the street on a one way. He ain't good with directions. There's a other few good things he's not good with, but from a creative perspective, he, I think he's one of the most talented individuals. And I've had some people in the music industry say the exact same thing. Like, damn, that dude's talented anyway. Uh, but he came up saying, did a tryout Vince and, and, and others, Bruce and Pat, 
the you know the WWE office said that's our guy. We're going to put him with Double J as the roadie. That's how we met. And me and Brian, because of our, and I'm, I'm going a long way around. You're going to find out, Clone Rad, that you ask me what time it is, I'll tell you how to build a watch. So oh, I'm going. Hey, <laughs> oh, I've been warned. I've seen some episodes. Uh, but I'm giving you an answer. You may give you a deposition. I, I didn't stop you. I want all of it. I love it. I love anyhow, it. Anywho, um, when we met, it's almost like there was an immediate kinship. We didn't have to go through any kind of uh, warm up as little children to come. I mean, we hit it off uh, big just just from the very beginning. Ha- had a ha- had a very good relationship, open relationship that we just talked about any and everything. And um, you know, those days. And I, I the first night, I said, "Hey, man, who you stand with?" He said, uh, "I ain't got a room yet." I said, "Just stay with me." We shared a room the very first night, and I'll never forget this. I tell this story, and I've told it a couple of different times. So, uh, <clears throat> BS before sobriety, believe it or not. Uh, yes, you know, I like to sleep in. Okay. Stay, up, stay up late, stay up late, but I would sleep in. But when I woke up, feet on the ground, I had my routine gym, eat good, the wrestler uh, washing machine. It's rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. What, what's sleeping late? Noon? Uh, it depended upon like uh, on the road. Uh, if you didn't have a flight, ten o'clock. I mean, but okay. you know, ten eleven. You know, what? What? Sleep as long as I could. Let me put Not whenever they're going to kick you out of the hotel. There you go. If there you, you go. know, go to the next hat. Yes. She- uh, because I, you know, again, the 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 rinse and repeat uh, car wash that we had to do out on the road. But I can remember like. 6 30 the first night we stayed together and i'm sure we stayed out at least to the hotel bar closed but it's like it felt like four in the morning but you know 6 37 in the morning i'm kind of rolling around in bed and get up to use the bathroom and lay back down and i kind of did the double take i'm like did i just see brian he's not in his bed and i look over there cassio and he's sitting down in this hotel chair by the little, you know, the bed's already. Oh, I forget this. The bed is made up. Oh, the bed, the bed is made. Oh, he's sunk down in his chair. He's got his hands crossed and he's sitting there like this and he's just kind of rocking, just kind of thinking and kind of thinking. I'm thinking, what the hell is he doing over there? And I said, dude, you okay? Yeah, I don't want to wake you. Okay. I rolled over and went back to sleep. Then all of a sudden I roll back over and he gets up. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. He would leave the room, go smoke a cigarette and come back. He didn't wake me up. He just kind of, so, so it was just funny. That was, but then as we got into the routine, he had, he was just wired that way from military and, you know, he was an early riser. Now things changed through the years, but, and you know, and he was, he was up, I mean, his body clock woke him up. And he sat over in that chair and, uh, yeah, that, that was made the bed, but buddy, you ought to see him make a bed. You ever seen road dog make a bed? <laughs> no. Bounce a quarter off of it. <laughs> the Marine upbringing, uh, you know, and I, I would be fascinated at the different stories that I would hear from Brian and I would ask him and you know, that he held the American flag at, uh, president Bush's inauguration. He's mentioned that he's, he's, he's met I think we're going to have a future military episode. Cause every now and then he'll do a, 
they'll do just like a headline of a story. I'm like, wait, I, I'm you know. telling you need to do it. I, I will listen to that start to finish the longest inauguration speech in history. And he stood at attention, holding the flag. There's some great stories. Uh-huh. He called the cadence of his, I always get it wrong, but his troop and it, with his rhythm and him singing in the Kate. I mean, there's, you know, he, he was in the Gulf war, but uh, I'll leave all those stories to him, but man, it's a, his Marine career. And I'll leave with this. You talk about, there are no coincidences life, only convergences. So bullet Bob has four kids. Only one Brian goes into the Marines. Bob graduated boot camp in the Carolinas. Brian graduated boot camp in the Carolinas. 25 years to the day. Whoa. Exactly 25 years apart. That's pretty incredible. It is. Uh, I'm telling you, just it, it, the, 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 the whole James gang is, is super fascinating. Um, when, when bullet passed away, I drove down to this funeral and, and just being there and kind of processing everything that goes with, you know, this great man, uh, is no longer with us, but I just thought to myself, wow, what a unique blessed individual, the bullet really cool. But, uh, yeah, he started everything started from a fireman in Marietta, Georgia, fighting fireman. Um, <laughs> t- you, well, speaking of Marine Corps real quick, first of all, it takes a special person to be a Marine. Uh, oh. that's, that's facts. And everybody should know that. Um, do you know many other former military in the wrestling business? Oh, there there's, you know, is um, there a bunch. Is it more than we realize? Probably. Probably. Yes. There, there definitely okay. is. Yes, there, I, there, there, there is. Think it helps or hurts any in any way or indifferent? Maybe different individuals. Well, I, I think mean, you saw him making the bed. Anything else you saw in the business? Maybe that you go. That's that military in him. I mean, military. They, the whole. Oh, well, look, I, I've never been in, but the whole foundation of a regiment and a schedule and accountability and everything that goes with that. I, I think it serves life well. So yes. And you know, Brian, um, I think this is why he's such a good teacher. Uh, I, I, you know, again, I've talked about his talent, but Brian's teaching ability at this stage of his career, I don't really know of, and I'm not saying nuts and bolts and moves, but, but the big picture, I mean, literally the canvas of being a professional wrestler, Brian is very, very good at it. And I think that one of the reasons he is, yes, he's creative, but also he was super teachable. I mean, when we got together, you didn't tell Brian anything twice. First time he got it and he made it his own and he made it better. So, so I think the military upbringing and other guys, you know, uh, understanding that you, you have to take orders and in our business, the artistic side of it, you better take orders, kind of, kind of stay within the boundaries, but make it your own and make it better. Brian was not good, but great at that. You mentioned, uh, you never met him until the tryouts at WWF back in the day. Did you, I know you knew of the family, of course, like you said, you guys have been intertwined, but did you ever see any of his matches? Did you ever hear about him? Did you ever, were you having an event? Uh, nothing. You knew nothing basically of him as a wrestler before that day. It's been 
within the last, I mean, there's some clips that I've saw, I'll call it recently in the last couple, the social media, social media has brought out some, some, uh, Smoky mountain clips yeah. that I just crack up, but I go, <laughs> th- this guy, you know, this may be promo three in his career. And it was great. I, yeah. He had verbal skills, but, but growing up in that family, you know, a lot of people may not even know they all can sing and dance. I mean, Scotty, Brad had it, Scott, Stevie, th- they all have rhythm. They all have, um, a good voice. Um, and bullet, you know, part of his stick was kind of silly dance and I won't call it bad <laughs> to the bone, George Thurgood. So folks don't know that <laughs> was just the, dancing. Yeah. Just the, yeah, just yeah. the group, but, um, you know, so just kind of the legendary part of it, but no, I had never seen anything. And, you know, obviously I wasn't a tape trader and pre-social media. So I'd never seen anything. Of course I had seen, uh, Brad on TV. Um, I probably had seen Scotty and Steve Stevie, uh, on WCW, but just no, was it had no clue of Brian's in-ring ability whatsoever. When I met him, you saw the tryout, you thought, but Hey, this guy's got something and Hey, this is perfect timing for this character. But when did you realize, okay, he gets it. Was there a moment where you thought, man, this clip, we shook hands. What was kind of bizarre. I'm like, damn, uh, Stevie and Scotty and Brad ain't this big. I mean, Brian <laughs> is bigger than all of them. It's like the milkman slid in somewhere. Now, sure. <laughs> you can say that. I can't. <laughs> I ain't that close a boy with him. No, Brian, Brian is bigger than all three of the other brothers. So, so just, I guess I should say the simple, I had a strong feeling his father's in the industry and a legend and all three older brothers. Uh, I, there's a pretty good chance this guy's got it, but when they put us together and said, Hey, he's going to be your roadie. And then I'm like, okay, how's this going to work? And I mean, I think it was actually Bruce Pritchard said, Hey, Brian, go talk to people here on the crew, like literally the WWF production and kind of, they work music and kind of just been their ear on different things about being a roadie. And I mean, it was like night one, Casio. He comes back and he says, Hey, Jeff, I got this pin light, like a little bitty flashlight. I'm like, Oh, that cool. He's going to lead me, you know, uh, dad, that's all roadies have the pin. Light. And then he put this do rag on this bandana and pulled it down and, and kind of dressed like that. And then he says, I, I, I know we can't have it now, but I'm going to get kind of a vest of a leather stick and all this. Cause you've got all this bright lights and fancy stuff and all this. I'm going to go down and dirty black and white. And he goes, I gotta get a hat. I'm like, well, that do rad looks good. And he said, well, I mean, he had a thousand ideas day one and day two and day three, but, um, you know, just, just the thing as I would walk to the ring and he would like, he's holding people back the s- subtleties of all that. That was heat. It's like, dude, you're going down a wrestling entrance. There are no folks that got to get your guy. <laughs> but Brian played it to the tilt and then helping me up the steps with the pin light and in the ring. And just, it just really, as you can tell, I love those days. They clicked immediately. I remember things uh, with such a smile on my face because I knew uh, the double J character had rolled along about a year. And I knew, oh man, this is great stuff. And, and, and I knew Vince liked it. 
most importantly, I don't definitely don't want to dismiss this. Knowing it feels good going through the curtain and at ringside and hearing the crowd response, but coming back through the curtain and knowing that Vince had a smile on his face and an idea and Bruce and Pat and whatever it may be, it was like, okay, that that we're they're they're definitely going with this even further. It's it's fun to hear you describe it because he he almost did the exact same story of he was told go go scout the guys that are working and he said he sat up in the upper deck or you know just one of the seats empty arena and just watched him and started going all right they all got bandanas for some reason I don't know why they got this I need something hanging out of my pocket yeah he said night one he. He had that whole notes and was ready to go. That's fascinating to me. And, and look, it's because I just said, he's so teachable. They just said, Hey man, go do this. Now, Bruce or Vince or Pat, they had no idea what they wanted, but when Brian came back and had the checklist, they're like, yep, yep, yep. Incredible. We love it. <laughs> um, when you, when he, what do you remember him? You said he's very teachable. Do you remember anything that stood out that he asked for or advice early on? Maybe as you guys are, he's getting experience under his belt, or do you think he was just a guy that kind of watched and learned and took everything in? He got everything, but, but, uh, and I've told this story a couple of times, we did a series of matches. And, uh, so that was in, uh, 94 was when we got together in a 94. So the spring of 95, it was me and Sean with road dog in our corner against Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. And to me, it's some of the greatest matches I've ever been a part of. And it was, you know, we went to C town, maybe a 20 or 25 minute, but we went in the garden one night, 30, 35, 40 minutes. We've had Boston garden. We did that loop around quite a bit. And I don't think I've ever I, I I'd love to, I'm sure it can be challenged on social media and in my career and, and thought through and, but I, I don't think so. And I'm just trying to think of anything else, but I don't think I've ever been a part of a match with five guys and Brian being obviously my roadie or second or whatever you want to call him, vernacular wrestler manager, whatever that Brian played as an important part of that match as any of the other four of us, because it, he was a part of the story he took from the time I came out, he got heat or we got heat, but he was a part of the shine spots up top. He was a part of the heat spot. Uh, during the heat, he was either a distraction or took an ass whooping or got heat on uh razor or whatever it may be. And then of course, in the comeback, he would feed in and this and that. I mean, he was a part of that match that you just don't really find. And it was not overdone or underdone, but that's talent. I mean, you, you just cannot give that role to somebody who doesn't have the right mannerisms. And when Brian, I'll call it disappear at ringside, just kind of, okay, let, let Scott and, 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 and Sean, uh, do their thing. Let, let them do their thing for two or three minutes. And I just kind of stand still on the corner and Brian would almost slink into obscurity where we didn't want the people watching us. A, a lot of managers or seconds outside. They think they need to get the attention, the entire match, or they think they don't need whatever Brian's timing is 
awesome. I mean, really, really good. You know what? Sometimes, Jeff. Yeah. Problems creep up in the bedroom, and you might not can do that thing like you're supposed to do that thing. You're, okay? you're gonna get slapped. I'm not. I mean, I'm. I'm not saying specifically you, but if that, you know, you got to be. You got to know your role, and you got to be. You got to be confident performing your role, whatever role you're given. And if the confidence is not there in the bedroom, it can start creeping up in everyday life. So you got to get that confidence back. And that's why we are proud to be brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. It's especially true in the bedroom when it comes to confidence, when it's time to step up to the plate, when it's time to be ringside, you better be ready to get the hot tag. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You could take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead. If you get up in the morning and it's 6 a.m. and you've already made the bed and you want to go there, or you can just be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. So no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluechew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Jeff, when the package has arrived, your package has arrived. I'd say Conrad's not being, uh, I, I don't think he has a discreet package right now. <laughs> Poor Megan. <laughs> Poor Megan. <laughs> Do you think she's survived so far? Uh, yeah, she's probably, she's Blue probably cornered him off in a separate floor. Blue Chew can, um, overcome a lot of obstacles. Yes. A lot of them. I don't think he can overcome Conrad's situation right now. No, no, no. They, if they're delivering blue chew to his front door, hopefully some more gym shorts are attached to it because he's probably ruined a few today. Uh, that's called, look, they always say first impressions are important. What about lasting impressions? If you've what pooped you your talking? pants, that's a lasting impression. <laughs> so we need blue chew. He needs more. He needs, he needs shorts. We need blue chew. So it's time to get off the couch and get back to work. Head to bluechew.com. If you can benefit from, from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it and have better sex. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try blue chew free. When you use our promo code, my world at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code, my world to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank bluechew for sponsoring my world. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring twenties with new chapters added every week. The excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now let's get back into Road Dogs' world. Jeff, 
We've mentioned it a little bit. Let's talk just about the Armstrongs real quick. Uh, what can you tell us about Brad, Steven Scott? Maybe you hadn't mentioned Brad has always talked about, about how good of a worker Brian said it before. I mean, Brad could wrestle around him light years, but just talk about how good maybe for those that might not have seen Brad Armstrong go, how good was he? Great. Yeah. Y- you know, and I, I'll kind of say this as diplomatically as I possibly can. Brad was really, really good. Great. But I think sometimes people lose a sight of, oh, he's, you know what? Scotty and Stevie are really, were really, really good too in their day. I mean, really good. And, and, and Brian, just because of his creativity and the DX invasion, and, you know, they just celebrated DX and I, I've said it. In 98, 99, I've said it in 2009, I'll say it forever. I think Brian was the most talented member of DX from a creative perspective. But I also, you go back and watch um, different matches. I don't think Brian gets enough credit for his in-ring skills. Now, is he going to do a Hurricane Rana? No. We had a series of matches in USWA when we... uh, both held Vince up, but no, when, when we had walked out <laughs> on that, we, we, we did a couple multiple loops around Memphis and Nashville. Anyway, we had some really good matches and, and again, Brian's a storyteller, but all the Armstrongs could tell stories. They were all really good in the ring. I think Brad stands out for multiple reasons in that he was that TBS guy that, that got the opportunity and got to be seen much more widespread than any of the Armstrongs, more than Stevie and Scotty. I think timing as well. Also think that when you look at Brad, you cannot help but think of bullet They're they're, And they all got bullet in them. But when you see Brad move around in the ring, I mean, how do you not say, oh, it's a young bullet, Uh, but you know, more athletic, Again, each generation gets a little bit more athletic, a little bit, you know, so, so, so Brad and, and rightly so he gets a lot of the flowers, uh, through the years, but also a lot of times. And I think that's the, the, my nature of the man said, no way he's great, but Stevie and Scotty could flat out. They all could work really, really good. Did you, I know I don't take Brian out of the equation. Did you spend the most time with Scott and Steve? No. Oh, Brian by far. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a rare. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Brian out of the equation, who was, who'd you spend the most time out of uh, with out of those three? Yeah. After Brian, probably Stevie, Stevie. Uh, Yeah. Probably Stevie. Um, uh, let's go back to, uh, when you talked about the official hitting off period. Hold on. Cause Scotty was in Scotty refereed in the early days of TNA. Probably Scotty. And yeah, well, I don't know. So it's, just, such a, it's fun. Such a long career for all of you guys. Like, so many different iterations and yeah. organizations. You go, wait, I forgot about the whole TNA run and everything. And I have a little fit, footnote. My dad was a huge Brad Armstrong fan. And you know how really we, well, you have different folks through the careers. And of course, my dad, uh, I guess you could say when he put on his Booker hat, he's like, man. I would have done A, B, C, D, you know, like I wish he could have worked under, you know, Brad was my old man's kind of guy. 
you oh, looked yeah. up, not Robert Gibson, but older brother, Ricky Gibson, um, uh, Ricky Gibson. I'm just trying to think of some others that come to, to come to my mind, you know, Bill Dundee, uh, a, a little lesser degree. Bill was a brawler, not, not as much of a wrestler, but Bill could wrestle. But my dad loved guys that in their DNA was in ring wrestler. And then he would bring out of them the personality and the street fights and, oh man, he's really mad and all this, but dad loved the, uh, he just loved the athletic type that Brad was. And, and he was like a, a dream talent from old man. You talked about wrestling and he loved wrestling. I, I'd like to bring this up and get your take on it because dog says it a few times, uh, at least almost once every pod, his quote is wrestling doesn't draw a dime. Uh, and his premise is that everything else around it is what actually draws the money. You got to get over, you got a storyline, promo characters. Uh, what's your thoughts on wrestling? Doesn't draw a dime. I mean, can you see what he's trying to say? Oh, it, I mean, you agree with it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't. Okay. Uh, it, it, here's why it wrestling is our foundation. Go try to have a house without a foundation. It falls down. So, so, so the whole foundation, I believe, of our industry is the center blocks that you don't really see. Now, why do houses sell? Great kitchen. I love the master bath. Yeah. Love the master bedroom. Oh my God. Did you see those lighting fixtures? Well, guess what? You, you pull the electricity out that's built into your foundation. You have nothing. So I get where Brian's going. I totally right. understand that and all that. But the foundation, and here's where, you know, to, to bring into old Double J, I, I like to use the analogy. What makes a number one hit, Casio? Is it the song or the singer? Uh, it's tough. Like, I think you got to have both. So there's some stupid songs, but this, okay, the, let me the, the singer can get it over. And, and vice versa. There's yes. some songs written that are so good that are remade three or four artists yes. and they all go to number one. Yes. The song is incredible. And then on the other hand, you like Taylor Swift is a great, uh, I'm trying to get something more relevant, but you know, T Taylor is a great songwriter, but not all of them are, are, are perfect, but you get somebody as hot as she is or a Harry styles. If you want to get into a, a, a different, whatever genre you want, there's some artist out there that, I mean, in our, in our industry, Hulk was so hot at one time. It didn't matter who you put in the ring with him. Stone Cold was red hot. It didn't matter who you put in the ring with him. John Cena was red hot. Didn't matter who his opponent was. They were selling the tickets. So song of the singer, but then you got to have the marketing. I used to. Yeah. It created me. Well, I'm in radio. There's a lot of politics in music. A lot of behind the scenes politics. It's all politics. Phone calls. Hey, hey. It's all politics, which yeah. is marketing. Yes. In our business, it's all. I mean, look, you have a great storyline and a great talent. If they're not on Monday Night Raw or AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, it's irrelevant because <laughs> you don't have the marketing push behind it. So, yeah, it's good talk. I bet. Let me just pump the brakes here. I bet Brian says some things on his podcast that you go, whoa, whoa, can you repeat that? <laughs> well, you know, he got, he got heat for saying that wins and losses don't matter. Who'd he get heat from? All, all Twitter. I mean, Twitter give you heat on anything, but 
fans in particular. And they, they gave him a lot of blowback. Well, his point was if you're over, I mean, if John Cena goes out and loses, he's already over and, and you don't quit being a John Cena fan. Cause he lost to so-and-so Yeah. Um, now, you know, whether it's built in, you know, Goldberg's whole thing was wins. So, you know what I mean? And there's, there's with it now in AEW, people talk about the Wardlow winning streak and whether they did that too soon. So yes, it can come into play, but that his point was he's got a losing record. He was, he was pretty over, you know, in the business. He's, he's did pretty good without having a winning record in wrestling. Oh, for sure. It's art. Yeah. It's objective. I don't know anybody's win loss record. I don't know anybody's. You know yours? You probably do. Oh, oh. Uh, you, you. Yeah, you know yours. What is it? Are you you really think that? <laughs> yeah, I think you know your win loss record. Zero clue. <laughs> do you think I it's a winning have... record? Zero chance. <laughs> zero, zero, zero chance. While we're talking and you're telling one of your stories, I'm gonna I'm gonna have it. I'm gonna look it up while we're doing. Um well, you- do that, Mister uh, Google Machine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to throw into. I, I, I can assure you, uh, it, it, even in my the young babyface days, that you build a babyface by giving him wins, including my Tennessee upbringing. I am positive I have a losing. <laughs> okay, uh, Brian has discussed his getting hired by the WWF as your roadie on our show, of course. But the combination of you and Brian is one of the more underrated combinations in WWF history, I believe. Uh, I know you were excited, but you talked about it. You hinted at it earlier. You thought this was perfect timing for your character to get that extra boost. Didn't kind of know where it was coming from, but you even felt, hey, we need something here. Is that right? We were we were rolling along, and I know that uh, we were on a trip one night, and Scott Hall uh just kind of let it out like hey double j i've got word me and you are dancing next and i'm like uh come again (laughs) (laughs) uh he said yeah he said because we had a couple of matches in late um 94 but he's like no we're we're gonna start working a program i'm like right on and that was about the time that that brian was you know try out on board because brian was right at the end of 94 i think his first night out was uh i was wrestling davy boy smith and he calls to count out or something along those lines um but uh the just the timing of it all and look i had teased that i was going to sing live i had teased for a year not just on tv on tv and at live events i'm going to sing tonight folks nope my voice is cracking. I was, I, I sang too much last night in the practice <laughs> that. And, and then somebody would interrupt. I just teased and teased and teased and teased. I knew all right, we got to get through this. Either I need to sing and people hate it or sing and uh, that people like it. What, which way are we going to steer this thing? And when Brian could be tried out and, and, you know, it, he, he sang it as a uh, tryout. I'm like, this is going to be gold. You hear Brian, he can, I mean, he can sing anything country. He sings every time we start the show. He's already got music playing. He, I mean, he's singing nonstop. Yeah. Beautiful. It's incredible. Yeah. He can uh, sing. uh, let's how you, you said you were close. You said you hit the road and you just said, Hey, come join the road with me. Was it, I mean, when was the, did you ever have heat? Did you ever in the middle of it go, Hey, this might not be working or was it a good run for a long time? 
Let me think of. Uh, That's pretty deep. As long as y'all have known each other, you're. If you're never, having to dig for first time, y'all had some major. Heat. I, I, he's probably cussed me when he worked for me. Who hasn't? <laughs> breath. You know, um, I have always, since the day I met him, I want to be around Brian or want him a part of what I'm doing. And that's been rung true from day one. Um, but I mean, I, I think a, an early story that illustrates kind of our bond was, and he'll tell you this, I, I don't know if he's told you the story, but I, it, it, the night in Nashville, in your house, I sang, uh, you know, Brian's song, but lip sync, if you will, and went out and had the match with Sean and they had to finish and, I won't get into all the stuff that, Hey Vince, I think it's too early. It's this, it's that I, I knew that I didn't want to go forward with, with any of that. Uh, Brian had, you know, done his deal and all this, but literally Brian pulled my foot. I spun around into the super kick. Sean super kick me, top me one, two, three, Sean Michaels, hand raise, get the belt celebration. They leave. Then me and Brian came in and stood over me and we were supposed to do the angle right there where we were going to split up that that's when Vince wanted the angle shot right there in the ring. And I stayed flat on my back. And I, I mean, I told Brian in the ring, Brian, you do not have to do this. You do not have to leave with me, but I'm done and I'm leaving. I'm not getting up and shooting the ankle. And he knew that before we went to the ring. And I said, I don't have to do it. And he said, F that I'm with you every step of the way. He didn't have to do that. Now there's extenuating circumstances and, and, and that's, but he said that in the ring and we walked to the back of the ring and walked down the steps and Renee Goulet's chasing Brian road day road day and double J what are you doing? I grab my bags and one, two, three kid uh, was like, what the hell's going on? Anyway, me and Brian, I wonder if he'll say this, ask him. I don't think we've ever had a crossword in reality. I mean, that says a lot for a 30 year friendship, but I mean, e even in the days, um, I mean, when he got sober and, and he went over to India, I, I he did tryouts there as far as Rinka King. And then, the TNA days before that. I mean, I mean, no, I don't think we've really ever had a crossword. That's amazing, man. It is. Uh, you, you mentioned extenuating circumstances when you two walked out on Vince. I assume you're mentioning part of it, the soon to be failed drug test. Uh, <laughs> you've mentioned before. Um, was in a, in a, in a, in a serious kind of moment, cause we're going to get into it. I imagine at some point, but just on the surface, was that the first time you realized he may have an issue with the demons or were you too involved in your own things to, to realize that at that time? You, I mean, you had a lot of things going on in your life. Was that a red flag to you at that point? Or was that later down the road? Maybe you notice it. And I've said this and, and I've had this conversation. I can't tell you how many times just the, I had no idea. Well, I certainly didn't know that addic addiction was a disease of the brain I had zero clue. I didn't even really give it a second thought about demons. I thought an alcoholic was somebody who lived under a bridge. Brian's not that he's got a job and he's super talented and this and that. And, and, and you know, the, uh, what I know now versus what I knew back then, I truly thought <laughs> Brian just don't give a F. I mean, yeah. he, he's gonna, you know, he, he's, he's a outlaw biker. 
I, I'm going to do things my way or the highway. Test me all you want. I don't care. I mean, I literally thought, and I, you know, I, I, I was into alcohol, but you know, that wasn't on our test list. So, but I never really coordinate uh, correlated that. Okay. I just knew that he did, but he did. I, I, I chalked it up as not a demon. It's that he's going to do things his way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that wasn't an issue to you. That was just like, okay, well, fine. N- not in the moving league. on. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah. The, the, I, I guess if you would have had to have, like, all right, Jeff, pump the brakes. You're however old I was at the time. Why do you think he continues to smoke dope? I would have said, because he likes to smoke dope and doesn't care. <laughs> right. if he loses, doesn't care if he loses his job or not. That's, that, that, yeah, that's it. I, I, that's what I would. I, I think that's for everybody, especially your friends. You go, nothing's wrong with him. What are no. you talking about? Yeah. What are you talking about? We like to party. We're having fun. That's it. Now the insanity part is the break that both of us had on top in the biggest wrestling organization in the world, both in our twenties, both in this, you know, a, a championship. To, I mean, working at Madison square garden and London and all, all this. Oh no, I'm going home. And Brian's followed me. <laughs> and now you've cost him so much money in his career that he's having to do a podcast <laughs> with me every single week. Oh, shoot. That's a, that's a blessing. Are you kidding me? I loved it when I heard you guys. Yeah. I told you that to your face. When I heard you, you guys did. up, I'm like, that is going to be one funny, entertaining podcast. You've, uh, you've mentioned it before you mentioned the USWA time. Uh, and if you haven't already, be sure to check out the episode of USWA versus Smoky mountain where Jeff and Brian are, uh, the top two acts in that feud. It's one of my favorites. Jeff, when you're able to work with Brian night after night, like you did, you've talked about, Hey, he doesn't get enough credit for his in ring wrestling skills. You, you get to suit up with him night after night here. Uh, he's never remembered for his matches, but he could go when he wanted to, I would imagine. I mean, and you got to see that up close and personal. Did, I mean, yeah. did you, I know you knew he could go, but in this time, was it a, Oh, he's a little better than I thought. What was this like going night and night out with him? So obviously when we worked in, in WWF, he was my second. Yeah. It's a whole different kettle of fish when he's taking the lead as a heel and I'm the baby face. Cause that was a story in Tennessee and USWA. I was the baby face and he was the heel smoky mountain. And obviously we used roadie and road dog and how all that kind of went together. And that was really the very Genesis of that road dog character. But I, I was just like, Damn, we're rolling. I mean, as, 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 from a territory perspective, he, he wasn't just another match. And I've worked, had worked with so many people in Tennessee. I mean, you name it, it, it all, all kinds. Um, you know, at this point, I, Undertaker had been through, Stone Cold had been through, uh, Godfather had been through, uh, Steiner had been through. Uh, I mean, just uh, talent after talent after talent. Uh, of guys that had come through the territory and then gone off to the big major companies. And then I was working with Brian. I'm like, this guy just ain't good. He's great. He, he could get heat. And that's kind of what we just went back on, you know, the song or the singer or wrestling doesn't draw. Brian knew that it doesn't matter what high spots me and Jeff do. I got to get, I got to get heat where the people want to pay money for Jeff to kick my ass and he could do it. 
Yeah, that goes into, he jokes all the time. He's not a five-star guy. He's a two-and-a-half-star guy all the time. <laughs> uh, every time we read The Observer, they're just crapping all over him. But I, I think it's what you're saying. He, you, don't, you don't have to have flashy high spots or be a chain wrestler to have a great match with somebody, and he is the epitome of that guy. If I'm going to have a match with him, I know we're going to get to the end and have a good match. Now, let me ask you something, just to get a little on, on top of the deal. What do... What is the hottest thing in AEW right now? The hottest thing? I don't know. What do you mean? Oh, Scissoring. Yeah. Oh, with his boy. With his boy. Okay. Well, my point being, it's very obvious to me. Uh, you can't call it. What, yeah. Billy Gunn. Yeah. I was going to say you almost yeah. can't. No, yeah. he still, yeah. But- Has a unique talent of playing. I don't want this is uh, this because there's this real skill set. The secondary role, the acclaimed guys are, are the lead. They're the tag yeah. team, but the three of them together, it, it, it certainly has nothing to do with hip tosses and hurricanes and five stars. <laughs> the, the scissor me, it organically popped out. Suck it, DX crotch chop, NWO too sweet. All these entertaining. That's what Brian is a creator of, yeah, I'm saying all that to say, yes, Brian, that's where the money's at. And, and, and our, our USWA run, Brian could make little magical moments in our matches that obviously weren't talked about in the back. He just knew how to get heat and at the right time, at the right place to make my comeback mean something even more than as we had laid out. He's, he said many times that, uh, you know, when you were making moves where you were going to leave, when you were going to hold them up, whatever the deal may be that you had such a business mind that you just kind of told him the plan that you were ahead of him. You might've told him early on, but you already had the plan. Um, did, did you have any hard feelings when he returned to WWF as real double J was that just business? Did he even bounce it off of you or what's that like? What, what do you hear about that? When it happens, I was tickled to death. Because the the reality of the fact was I'm the one that wanted to leave. I didn't want to cost uh, him a penny. And so he left with me out of loyalty. And then as we were going down the road, it's pretty well documented. I went to WCW. He wasn't getting a WCW paycheck like me. So I was hell. Yes. Good. Brian's back in the fold. He's back working, back got a job. His talent will get him over. Hey, you know what? And here's kind of the simplistic version of this. And Cassio, you may be able to relate or expand on this. They could have brought him back and called him Brian, the barber beefcake. (laughs) And guess what? Nobody would have ever drawn an analogy of Jeff Jarrett. Oh, that's a new character. They brought back the real double J. Wait a minute. Who's the original double J? You may call it real or whatever. I always, I knew from, I'm like, no way they're doing this. No, no way they're calling him the real double J. Cause if you have the real double J, you have to think of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I look from a selfish perspective yeah, as well. I get it. it. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Promoted. I'm still in their head. <laughs> Bingo. They're still talking about me and I'm they're not there still talking about me. Yes. Yes. Um, do you, how, when you guys weren't at the same company, how much did you guys keep in touch? 
pretexting, you know, uh, so I'm not going to say it wasn't a daily thing, but, um, still close. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I say this out of love that first month or two, it's one of those things that, uh, I knew I had a friend for life as corny as that may sound. That's how, that's how we, we, we just connected. You see dog as a better baby face or a heel. Well, that's a big boy question at, at his look at our age today. He's straight <laughs> in his prime. Yeah. He was so good. He could do either or, but how do you, how do you Trump ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all in the charisma that he got out of the first 90 seconds in the ring. Most people can't do in an entire career. They just can't. Charisma it, for days, man. It is the signif. It's one of the check boxes of the Attitude Era. Yes. That's all you have to say is, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we're here. I'm, I'm in a time and a place. Same as the glass breaking. Same as uh, the the rock. Uh, first few bars of his music. Uh, it's it, it's that kind of connotation. It it is like when you hear John Cena music. It's oh. It's it's kind of that was ladies and gentlemen. It's a big it's a big what if, but we're you know we're we're fantasy booking here. We're big what if and what uh, if Conrad <laughs> has irritable bowel syndrome for the next. <laughs> you know, I think we have a new bed sheet sponsor coming up. I think it's, it's Conrad's ran through all this. What about Bounty? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna get it. He's going to get an advertiser out of this. You know how this is. Oh, it depends. You depends. know how he works. Depends. Okay. You said that. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about this. It's a big what if. And he's talked about it. Hey, you know, drugs severely hurt his career. Um, it just, it could have been a what if game. You never know. But how high could his ceiling have been either babyface or heel as a solo act if he would have? had that career longer and, you know, and, and maybe didn't trip himself up a couple of times. Do you, do you think that's it? Or do you think his deal is, is he is a great, Hey, we're like you said, we're great as a pack. We're a great tag team. Do you think that's his ceiling or do you think he could have been, now, we're uh, just kind of playing, uh, what ifs arm. Yeah. Yeah. I'll yeah. Tell you Perfect it, scenarios. Everything. Yeah. What I truly believe is that Brian, would have like, you don't think of the WWF title. When you think of Randy Savage's name, you think of the mega powers, you think of him and Jake, but you don't think of Randy Savage, anything other than a main event guy. Yeah. Not necessarily the champion, but a main event guy. So I I believe Brian would have been maybe not the guy, but a main event guy. But I also believe, and this may be the little curveball. I believe you saw how The Rock went off and did movies. Cena's doing that. I believe Brian could have been that alternative rock star that did both. That his music career 
to a much bigger audience, much broader audience. And I'm talking about you put the right band in the right marketing, but Brian as a lead singer of the, uh, of, of, of the right mixture of a group of musicians, I believe he, he would have been a headline entertainer for years. You know what the best combo is? If you want to maintain and achieve constant deep sleep, it's lower in the core body temperature. That's the perfect ingredients. Jeff, I know you, you've got them on your bed. I've got them on my bed. Chili sleep. Our friends there have, they're complete game changers. My friend. I've told this story a couple of weeks ago, went to, went to week at the beach and, uh, Karen rolled over to me about the third night there. And she said, you miss your chili sleep, don't you? And I said, <laughs> Honey, you ain't kidding. And I looked back at her and I said, you miss it too. She said, yeah, you're so damn hot. Cause I son of <laughs> throughout the night, you're hot over there, but, uh, it is a game changer. It's the best deep sleep. I'm going to get out on a limb here, but I said it best deep sleep I've ever had in my life. And it makes a difference throughout the day. Good restful sleep is, is a game changer in your energy throughout your life. Temperature controlled sleep repairs muscle after a hard day's work and improves cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert and sleep. Me is the new home for chili sleep. They're bringing you the same great sleep that chili sleep offer, but just under a new name. Sleep me makes the coldest and most comfortable sleep systems available. They create the environment that meets the body's natural need for lower core temperatures, promoting deeper restorative sleep. Chili Sleep makes the Uller, the Cube, the Doc Pro Sleep Systems. They're water-based, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. I've said it before. It changed me. My wife, she, Big Booty Judy, she likes it as hot as humanly possible. She's got a blanket at all times, and I I just sweat. Just I'm sweating now recording a podcast, just sitting here. <laughs> So at night, I like to turn that temperature down. She's got her own side. She controls her own temperature. It has changed our marriage. And we even said our 2023 goal is just what you talked about, Jeff. We're going to buy one for the road. Wow. How huh? about that? And we got to save up. We're going to get it because uh, I'm just a poor redneck. I ain't Conrad Thompson. You're so uh, now look, we're going to get it. We're going to get the new doc pro sleep system. It has two times more colder power than the other models, which is big for a big boy like me. I mean, I'm covering a lot of space. You're in that one little narrow space. Yeah. This has five times more cooling contact for the brand new doc pro sleep system. So head over to sleep.me slash my world to learn more and save 25% off the purchase of any new doc pro cube or Uller sleep system. This officer, this offer is available exclusively for my world with JJ listeners and only for a limited time. That's sleep S L E E P dot me M E slash my world to take advantage of our exclusive discounts and wake up refreshed every single day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. You want to get to some fan questions? Sure, pal. Now, I mean, here's, here's the deal. Yeah. Well, any more stories from the, your time on the road, as Road Dog likes to say, he doesn't want to glorify his drug and partying days, but they are a part of his history, and he's got some fun stories out of them. Anything you would like to get out there on the record, any story come to mind when you think of, hey, we're traveling the roads together, me and old road dog. Will you do me a favor then if I tell this story? Yeah. What do you want? Will you get him to tell his version of the story? (laughs) Oh, perfect. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I can't wait. I can't Uh, wait. So I got to figure out who are the participants. I believe. Okay. It was Earl Hebner. This is in a, uh, this is in a, um, uh, rental van, a car, uh, yeah, uh, uh, minivan, my bad, a minivan, okay. minivan on the road. And we used to fly in and out of Boston a lot. And right there on the coast, there's a, uh, there's the only place that really stayed up, uh, after hours or a- after closing time, uh, it's called Kelly's, uh, seafood, Kelly's yeah. seafood. They had lobster rolls. Oh man. Make your gum slap, dude. I mean, just great, great food. And a lot of times they call it bar food or not bar food, but after hours, you know, down here in the South, when the sidewalks roll up, uh, clone rad and, 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 the they turn the spigots off and the water and holes shut down back in BS before sobriety, uh, Cassio, me and you would say, Hey, you don't go down to waffle house. Correct. Right. Yes. No well, greasy spoon. Let me find a greasy spoon. <laughs> Wherever up, it is up North, we'd got in for a trip and I don't know where we had been, I think to eat or, but we'd been out drinking or whatever it may be. And we need to get us some food. So we're going to go over at Kelly's now up in the North. They have this stuff called snow and they have snow plows. Anyway, <laughs> the roads were, it was bad. It, lots of snow and ice on the road. So we drove and it was our all Hebner and the Godwins. Uh, oh God, what a crew and me and Brian. <laughs> and we went over there and got Kelly's. We had been drinking and Brian had gotten into some dark liquor and Brian, <laughs> I'll tell you, he wasn't much of a drinker ever. He okay. just, alcohol was not his deal. I mean, he drinks the beer and drinks some liquor, but that was not his choice. He you know, but he would do it. I'll call it socially, but he just didn't like it. So, um, Oh God. So I was the one who always rented the cars in the crew. I would get, you know, get off the plane. I'm the one who'd rent the car. So I, it was my van is my, but I think one of the Godwins was driving, but anyway, we went and ate, they're giggling and doing the whole deal. And we're on our way back. We get literally lost on this neighborhood and side street and we're spinning around in this ice and everything. And it's getting woozy and, uh, Henry Godwin's doing probably donuts, donuts, uh, in this minivan and, circling <laughs> and, and, and anyway, it got completely out of hand. And the next thing, you know, Brian is in uh, not shotgun. He's sitting right beside, right behind the shotgun. He got sick. Oh no. Oh, and that lobster roll, dark and liquor that- and seafood. Oh man. Uh, yes. Inside the van. Like Conrad sick, like Conrad sick. Mm. And here it come up. Well, we get back to the hotel, and guy, they used to have a running joke 
Cause I have, I used to have, I used to gag at anything. I don't do so much more, but I had a <laughs> at anything. If I'd see like, I mean, literally just anything on somebody's plate. I'm like, Ugh, that looks sick. Or <laughs> uh, they, and, and, um, Henry Godwin and Brian would try to, they would laugh at me because they would know, okay, he's about to throw up. Let's try to make it <laughs> those guy things. Well, Brian let up three or four lobster rolls in the middle of the minivan. We get back, they all bail inside and I'm sitting there. I had a, had a few, but I was completely uh, brought back down to earth because I got to turn this rental car van in, in oh. like four hours. And it is reeking. And sure enough, I went to cleaning it up and cleaned it all up and <laughs> out by the hotel and cleaned it all up. And I have no idea how I did it without me throwing up, but I did all that. And so we get to the airport, the, the, the story starts selling and Brian's like, Hey, wait a minute. This just dawned on me. You cleaned up. my throw up without throwing up. How the hell did you do that? And he goes, that's true love. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you're over it now. He got you over your gang fear. Oh you, my God. You, you had to go through hell and back to get there. Yes. Yes. But no, there's all kinds of stories. I've told the one about, uh, to Conrad, uh, we got on kid rocks, kid rocks, kid rocks bus after, um, uh, Woodstock 99. Uh, <laughs> that, that was a wild one. Um, we've had a, a Orlando, ended up in the wrong town. Yes, we did. We've had a yeah. couple of Orlando stories that were late nights. Uh, we've had our fair share. Um, uh, a couple of times back anyway, we've had our fair share. I'll just tell the Kelly seafood. Cause that was, uh, uh, oh, we still chuckle about that in our, in our sobriety days. And, you know, speaking of that, now here's another thing, not nothing. I still believe no, no such thing as coincidences, only convergences. As we record this, it's Monday, October the 24th. Correct. It drops on ad free, ad free without your ad reads. But tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., anywhere you can get podcasts, it drops. And obviously, our subject is Road Dog Brian Gerard James, the fourth member of the James Gang. But it's October 25th and October 25th, 2022 is five years of sobriety for double J. So on the, to the day to the day. So on the fifth anniversary of my sobriety, our topic is Brian James. And it goes without saying a lot of people were instrumental in me getting sober, Karen at the very top of the list, but. Brian, I can't remember if I've told this story, but I'll just do it quickly, Cassio. So I was on my fourth day of a bender, and Karen had called Brian. She had called Bruce to get the wheels in motion because I had kind of casually mentioned yeah i'm going to treatment but nobody believed me of course they're not going to believe somebody who's drinking and all that uh but i'd kind of no i was i'd stayed consistent to the fact that yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and then i got sideways again and for whatever reason 
I walked down on my dock and got on the pontoon and I'll talk to Brian and I was down there forever. And it was, uh, mainly crying, but some laughing and some serious, but I'll talk to Brian for over an hour. And I don't remember one thing about the conversation, but I do vividly remember hanging up and walking back up the hill. And Karen will tell you this from that point on, I was dead serious. Yes. I'm going to Tampa and yes, I'm getting treatment. So Brian, very instrumental in, in more ways than he even realizes on my journey. Um, you know, when he had just got sober, I had no idea, but, uh, Rinka King, uh, and that's coming, that topics it's the Indian series that we did, but we were having to do tryouts and I had called Brian and Brian flew to India, right? Not long after he'd got out of treatment. So just our stories, how they weaved in and out through the years. Uh, I do believe in, in so many ways, God, uh, blessed me and put Brian in my life. So, uh, I am super happy. We got to do this today and we're going to take some fans questions. I know that, but, but, uh, him being the topic on my five year anniversary, pretty damn cool. Wouldn't you say Cassie? That's pretty crazy, but, but you wouldn't have if Conrad wasn't sick. So like you said, everything came together. All things work together for the good who love God, including Conrad's pooping in his pants. <laughs> Conrad <laughs> pooping his pants made the show what it is today for That's good, right. bad, or indifferent. I said uh, the gospel. One more thing, one more personal question, because he talks about it. Uh, if you listen to our pod, um, and I think, like you said, underrated how good of a teacher he is. And I don't know if a lot of fans realize who he's helped develop and who, I mean, he, he tells us he, he had straight up a character developmental class for NXT and almost everybody in that class is way over now in the, in not even in, just in WWE, but in AEW or anywhere else. Talk about through the years, uh, just seeing his eye, you've mentioned how creative he was, but talk about when you, maybe you realized, or maybe you've seen him of being that teacher and, I think the road dog persona in ring, when you see the guy doing suck it, I don't think you go, well, that guy can be a good teacher. I mean, it just doesn't lend itself to that. Talk about how you see the guy, Brian, uh, your boy, Gerard, talk about him teaching people and what you've seen firsthand. Okay. You know, in a relationship, you got pillow talk, right? You know, man, man and woman, you know, you have that pillow talk that are some kind of like special nuggets that you share with each other. Mm -hmm. I've always looked at our business as curtain talk. There is an element to curtain talk. And what I mean by that is, and I used to say, so for example, we're at go position or gorilla position or whatever you want to say is, and talent is sitting there and watching on this monitor or watching over there where the talent sits or whatever, but there's, we, we watch the show real time as it's going on and certain things will happen and this and that. And Brian, I'm saying specifically at TNA would see different things. And he's like, Hey, what about if this talent did this, this, and this in that order, just a creative suggestion. And, and many times back in the day, I'd say, Brian, you don't have to tell me, tell them, did you tell them? Oh, I didn't want to. Yeah. No, you tell them. I think Brian has an uncanny ability. And I, I, I would be pretty, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they said he is in charge at raw and, you know, but Brian having the ability to see the complete canvas, 
I think is his greatest gift today. I'm saying behind the camera is that take a step back and whether it's when the guy walks out or how the guy walks out in his entrance, how he hits his finish, how he uh, gets his hand raised, how he does certain moves, sequence of moves, just all the artistic creative ability. Brian is a master at curtain talk. He, 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 he literally can watch something and make little minor adjustments that mean everything. I mean, at Ric Flair's last match, and I think me and Conrad joked about this, but I had no idea there was a unique kind of pressure going on to that because of, I don't say Rick's health. Cause it sounds like, but, but it's his last match. I mean, it's Ric Flair and, and, and the elements of that and the four of us, you know, it's in this day and age, you get to have matches with the guys and get groove. I hadn't been in the ring since six months prior to that. And Jay lethal and Andrade were regularly at the time in AEW and Rick certainly hadn't worked. So putting together all that match, I didn't know what to expect, but I also knew the undercard was off the charts, not just good. Great. Uh, and I think some people know this when, when all that went down prior to me being inserted into Rick's match, I was essentially going to, going to be executive producer. And when the domino fell that I just called Cochran and I said, man, Brian, there, there was no two way. Brian needs to take that role and he's great at, and all this, but real time during the match, I went to Brian probably more than he wanted me to. I just wanted to get him to talk. Brian, how's it going? What are they doing? What are they buying? I wanted him. I just, I just, I didn't want to ask him a specific question. I wanted to tee it up and let him guide the conversation because he hears things that a lot of people, you talk about musicians having great ears. Brian has a phenomenal ear for the industry. So I'd say, how's it going? And Brian's like, Jeff, they're selling. This is what they're buying. This is what they're doing. This, I mean, he, he, he's just great in that nature. I don't think he will ever get the credit that he deserves because you have to know the industry so well to see his ROI. Well, there's a party coming up in Nashville, Jeff. Isn't that where you're at? You're in the Nashville area. Andersonville, Tennessee. There's a party in Nashville and everyone listening or viewing is invited. Nashville's first of its kind live event is coming to Woolworth Theater. And believe me, you hadn't seen anything like this before. Shiners is the hottest new show in Nashville that blends Cirque, Broadway, and comedy into one electrifying production. Located in downtown Nashville, the brand-new Woolworth Theater, Shiners has a star-studded cast featuring Chuck Wicks and Laura Ostis, along with the most mind-blowing talent from the Cirque world. You can catch a live Shiners performance at Woolworth Theater on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. General admission and VIP, VIP tickets are on sale now at ShinersNashville.com or bring your whole crew and watch the show from your own VIP box. Enjoy some delicious signature cocktails and ice cold beer while you watch the show. You won't want to miss this. If you live in or near Nashville or are headed there soon for fun, get your tickets today for shiners at shinersnashville.com. Have you had a chance to see this yet, Jeff? I have not, but Nashville is booming. And I was, uh, last week, Fox Sports was in town, the Walter Brothers event. Hey, I got to see Keith Urban do an acoustic set. Well, it was awesome. But anyway, uh, I was talking to a guy at dinner, and uh, he comes to Nashville once a year, but every year. And when's the last time you've been in Nashville, Castillo? Starcast, probably, right? Or Probably, anyway, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, but you're close enough. It, there are more new restaurants. It's the it's oh. 
We're getting we're getting the dome too, Rue, brother. Incredible. Tighten up. Super Bowl. <laughs> WrestleMania. Here we go. No, Nashville, it's kind of crazy, but uh I have heard nothing. Uh, you asked me the specific question. I've heard nothing but like incredible reviews uh on the night you have when you head on over to Woolworth. And they want the MyPod listeners to come check it out. They're inviting us all up. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sounds like a party to me. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You know what else we should do? Let's do some fan questions before we get out of here because as soon as 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 we announced we were going to do this, questions came rolling in. They are excited for this. So here we go. Uh, Andrew, Ian, Drew, I'm not going to say his name. Shit your poop your pants, crazy. Here we go. I know. I thought I had one in me. I got two. I'm sorry. (laughs) You get me away from Road Dog for one second. He said... I heard from someone in WWF at the time that when Jeff Jarrett went out for his match with China at No Mercy 99, Road Dog was sitting over Jeff's bag like a rabbit animal just waiting for someone to try and mess with it. Is this true? Um, you touched on it, but what a big night for both. The fact that everyone is still talking about it this many years later well, is incredible. And I won't get long-winded because I could on this, but Brian was not he was red hot in DX. So me and him worked together on screen, but off screen, we rode together every night, best of friends. He wasn't happy with how the negotiations went. He knew intricately Vince was out traveling the world. Brian specifically was not real happy with Jim Ross, uh, and probably too hard on jet. Yeah, no, not probably. Yes. Too hard on jail. So he was on edge that day in so many ways. He knew that this was my last night. He also knew that his blood pressure was up and that he would love to knock somebody's head off just to release some aggression, but he didn't know how anybody else felt, felt, but that Brian and the brothers and they get it from their father loyalty. I will never say it to a fault, but extreme loyalty. And he let it be known in his opinion, I was getting screwed and he wasn't happy about it. And that Jeff was his friend. And if anybody crosses Jeff, they're crossing him and he has no problem dropping them. I mean, that's how he felt. And, and, you know, I, I, I love him for a lot of reasons, but Brian wears his emotions on his sleeve. And, and that is dice, man. That is a true story. <laughs> Ted heel, the hillbilly heel. Okay. Uh, says, how do you think the double J and roadie characters hold up in time versus other characters in your career? Thanks. Love the show. He says, what's bizarre is, and I've had a couple of folks say, Hey, how long would you think me and Brian were together? And people will say, Oh God, well, years, years. We were on screen six months together. <laughs> That's, insane. That's insane. You would never think that. No. Like, yeah. That's Everyone associates y'all two together. 
and and I do believe that the, the sum one plus one didn't equal two in our case, and I'm very grateful for it. Brandon LeMay, he tweeted us at my world pod at real Jeff Jarrett. He says, now that uh, RD James is back at WWE, can we get the original Jeff Jarrett theme released, please? The original, the, I'm not sure that you talk about the slow twangy. That may be my, my Cody likes that theme. The old double J theme. Yeah. I said, Cody, that's the single worst piece of music that I've ever heard in my life. And he said, dad, what are you talking about? Uh, so I don't know if they're referencing that, but, uh, I hope they <laughs> don't release it. <laughs> you know, they don't. Uh, at, at WWE master 2018 tweets into at my world pod. Whose laugh is more contagious Cassio Conrad or road dog. Oh, mercy. Um, uh, I told Conrad Thompson to his face. I said, one of my biggest joys in life is if I can make Conrad do that big belly laugh. I mean, it's a good feeling because yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's always trying to get the laugh, which is, and he's hilarious. I did not know how much I wanted to see a road dog laugh until I see him kick his head back and get that big laugh going. I'm like, Ooh, I got a new one to the list. If I can pop <laughs> road dog, that's a good deal. Uh, what and people hate my laugh. No. Yeah, people hate my laugh. No, they don't. I love a good laugh. Uh, Conrad, or, Conrad or Road Dog? Oh, man. Uh, Got to go with Brian. I, 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 let me just tell you why. Because Karen's referenced that, too. She's like, you ha- you know, you've got a spouse. They can kind of, when we're on business calls or, or when we're on calls, they can kind of tell our tone, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we did an autograph session up in Indianapolis last April. And... That was the first time that I'll say me and Brian and Karen was around hung out for an extended period of time. And she literally had a, a quiet moment. I'm not, I'm trying to get serious here. You're just credit from here to here, but she's like, do you understand how Brian, how much Brian makes you happy? And I said, "Ah." she goes, no, I'm your wife. You haven't laughed this much. And I don't know when you're always serious. You're always business, but what, and, and she went out and told Brian that Brian has an infectious personality. Yes. That, that is, you know, but all I, I've often said, I think that comes, we didn't articulate it back in the day, but Brian has been through some shit in his life. So he has a point of reference and he has a point of gratitude that, Hey man, we may be having a bad day today. And maybe in his case, uh, I'm not in the foxhole in the desert. Yeah. Things aren't that bad. Just, you know, different things like that perspective. He says it all the time at at the end of the day, it's just wrestling. Yes. And I know it seems bigger than it is, but and his point being, I got grandkids, I got family. I've, like you said, I've been in a foxhole He's had his ups and downs at the end of the day. It's all just make believe wrestling. And we can get through that. Whatever that problem is, we can get through that. And I tell Conrad, I am blessed that I get to view the business. Although I love it. I never believe that I've really had a job, but it is a business. That's my perspective. Oh, Hey, that was a great five-star 23, blah, 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 blah. But it only got rated four-star. I'm like, 
I've never thought in those numbers. It's how much money did it make or didn't make yeah. the, the equation of business, not star rating. Uh, Ken Brzezinski says he's at promographic Ken. He says, would Jeff rather give Casio the stroke, put him in the figure four or give him the old El Cabong? You know that you've got a guitar shot coming. It's just <laughs> you, Seriously. You moved when I slapped your jaws, you literally moved. Oh, buddy, I didn't move. I took that stiff, boy. Oh, crap. You moved. We'll have to find the footage. I did not Find move. the footage. You screwed up. And then you, you slapped you early. Oh, bullshit. Then, then, then on the guitar shot at Top Guy Weekend, you cried and complained. And mm. you, I heard you brought Conrad a big bottle of liquor and said, please, I don't want to take this guitar shot. And Conrad goes, I don't know what to do. And Corey... He, he volunteered and he stepped up and he took the guitar shot, but he screwed up too. He moved. Can I tell you? You comedians are a bunch of wimps. I've never seen Conrad so concerned for his friend's health as when the possibility of you hitting somebody with a guitar was brought up. He was legit, legit concerned for safety because he said, I just going to hit you with a guitar. And he's like, yeah, yeah. No, no. He goes, no, no. He's going to hit you full blast with a guitar. <laughs> you see the film? I hey, got it out of the way at Top Guy oh. Weekend. I, I have watched that with Karen. <laughs> and I said, uh, you've seen it two or three times. This time I'm going to push play. Just watch Conrad. Don't watch anybody else. When, when I came on stage, Conrad literally did a hurricanrana. He got a five-star stage exit. I gave him five stars for that stage edge. He, I've never seen him move so fast. Maybe today he's moving faster going to the toilet, but on that stage, it was a five-star stage exit. Meltzer, matter of fact, text me and said, <laughs> I just rated my first ever stage exit. Conrad Thompson got five stars. I heard it was up for exit of the year. <laughs> oh, we won for sure. For, for sure. For it's sure. Next year's awards. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after after Corey took it, I was like, I I'm I'm good. <laughs> I, know, I know the I know the slap was stiff. I don't I don't want the guitar. Yes, you do. What's worse, a slap or guitar? A slap. Guitar. Is it? Depends. And you 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 hit hard. And by the way, your wife hit real hard. Uh, but neither one of us got you in the ear. That's when there's trouble. No, she got close. She got closer to ear, but it was, I would have went out if she would have hit the ear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no ears, bad news. That's a target. That's a weak spot. You I, go down a, a guitar can draw blood quickly. If it's a, you know, a little off kilter. Well, I, th I think for, you know, I think that's the cool part. If you can live to tell the story is, I mean, Corey <laughs> was split open bleeding. I mean, he, he was like, dude, take pictures, take pictures <laughs> of my cut. And we're using this for the lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> so I, didn't have, oh. I didn't have anything to show for a, a slap in the face, but Hey, before we get out of here too, we've got a few more questions, but let's just take the time right now. We've given Conrad some shit. Let's let him tell people how they can save some money. At least let him get a, a little plug in. Here's let's, let's go. A little, let's, go a little, let's go a little save with Conrad right here. Boom. NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing Lenders. Woo! 
The five-star reviews are in, and it's confirmed. SaveWithConrad.com can save you thousands. Jimmy E. writes that we saved his family more than $1,000 a month. James S. says we saved his family more than $1,200 a month. But how much can you save? It's free to find out right now at SaveWithConrad.com. But if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, or even worse, if you're in a 30-year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money, but a matter of how much at SaveWithConrad.com. At 210 Kimbo, James says, is Conrad really sick or is he still reeling from that beat down in Knoxville? Uh, roll Tide. I had to get that in. You mentioned it earlier, but we had to make sure he got it in. James Grunberg, he says, at real Jeff Jarrett at my world pod. Did Jeff try to become a wannabe member of DX as well by playing up his real friendship with Road Dog? <laughs> I wish Conrad was actually, he, he would have crafted that in a, uh, it's, just, it's the running joke. Um, I actually truth me. No, no, I'm trying to think of something too. <laughs> what is it? Oh, because Conrad will always say, oh, you were in the click. You were in the full horseman. Oh, I should have said you were in the DX. You know, just, uh, of course, of course I was an honorary member of DX <laughs> because Sean Waltman shaved my hair. And when you get a, when you lose your hair in a hair versus hair match, specifically in Madison Square Garden, I was inducted into be an honorary member of the of DX. Just because you got your head shaved. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> was that was that ever floated? Hell no. I was the anti-attitude era talent. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right, let's keep going. Justin Reed, he he uh talked to us on adfreeshows.com. Is the Double J and the Roadie pairing the first big example in the WWF of two legacies from well-known wrestling families being paired together? Probably not. I mean, historians out there, and I'm sure some people will jump on this. That's probably a pretty good question. Had to be uh, early, if not, right, though? Yeah, early, yeah. I, I mean, that's probably a pretty good little research. I mean, it's like we talked about, there was, there was territories, and this is, you guys are now where they're all combined. So maybe on the biggest scale, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure some of the territories had families that were, you know, oh, I got you. Yeah, you know what? Trivia question. Yeah, that is. Yeah, my world must uh, answer that for us on 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 social. Uh, and and you guys have both talked about it in your TNA episodes, but he Justin also says, were there any thoughts about reuniting uh, Jeff and Road Dog in TNA? I, I mean, just because not at look, you can't put lightning in a bottle because Brian entered once he became road dog, he was never going to be anybody's second. Right. The magic of the double J and roadie was he was my second, but so super talented and all the story that came out and everything. So, uh, but you know, I've always enjoyed, we went over to Australia and that's for another episode. We had matches in Australia, me and Brian have hooked up a lot of times. Uh, and we always, I think in the ring brought out the best in each other because we trusted each other so much too. Scott golden on ad free shows. He said, first of all, Jeff, thanks. Uh, thanks to you. I'm a new Englander who loves Southern wrestling more than any other style. He says, how do you think a long-term long style program with yourself and road dog might've worked out in the CWA USWA days. If dog had started his career a few years earlier. Great. He's a storyteller. And, yeah. and he has a lot of tentacles as far as he could have brought a brother in. He could have brought his 
father in, uh, same with me. I had my father, my grandfather, uh, just, there's a lot of roots in, in, um, for both of us in the territory days, there, there's so many different twists and turns, you know, well, that tales of the territory, they were talking about the different storylines and one, one story that I don't think really got out in the tales of the territory is my dad and, and Jerry Lawler wrestled each other 50 or 46 of 52 times in one calendar year, Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler wrestled each other, I think in the thirties out of 52. So it's that Jeez. weekly episodic storytelling, me and Brian, without question. Cause I think we both could have been baby faces at times, baby face against baby face, baby face against heel. And both of us could have flip flop either way. So lots of stories could have been told. That's the challenge of that weekly deal is how do we keep them interested in this same match basically? And that's where the story comes in. Uh, Sean Daniel says, praying you feel better soon. Conrad, Jeff, you and road dog are now both men of faith and have overcame a lot. How has this made your bond even stronger with one another? Uh, much more clarity in our conversations, much more peace. Not that we were never at odds between us. It was the world. And now we just look at each other and we, you know, we, when we talk and catch up, we, 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 how, you know, Hey, how's this guy doing? Hey, I need to reach out to him. Or I just reached out with this guy helping other folks. Cause uh, again, the gift of desperation that both of us totally realize, you know, when you're in the depths of addiction and you know, there's three results. If you don't get sober death jails or institutions, when you both have an alignment in that and know that I don't want to go back to that. And I want to help others get out of that, that, that took our relationship and him helping me. I mean, but the, 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 the sobriety brothers, if you will, um, not step brothers, sobriety brothers. Um, the, but the sobriety brothers, if you will, took our relationship to another level that we know in order to stay sober, we got to give it away. But, but also the business has really, really blessed us. our families, me, three generation, him, two generations. So how do we get back to the industry? I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm so damn happy for him, uh, in his current role. Cause if he's around a production, he will make it better. And I think that's what the industry needs in so many ways. Uh, last couple here, uh, coach Rosie, uh, tweets us at real Jeff Jarrett at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad at my world pod at the Cassio kid. What quality about the road dog do you admire the most? You and Brian are role models of perseverance for me. He says. What quality? That's what coach. Yeah, what quality about Road Dog do you admire the most? I'm trying to figure uh, if I gotta say one. It's a lot to narrow down a whole yeah, yeah, many decades for your friendship. He's real. I was going to say honest. I was going to say, I feel like he's honest guy. Unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah. Super loyalty through, through everything. And, and sometimes I've been maybe, uh, not the most popular guy in the room. Brian's always had my back. Always. Last but not least, Brian at Brian RD James. Oh, get out of here. a message and says a <laughs> couple things. Trivia. 
What movie did you watch 25 times a night in the hotel room? Do you know? Uh, Dumb and Dumber. Close. And Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Yeah, we watched both of them. One million times. Luke. (laughs) Brian could quote everything. Both of them. (laughs) Both, Both movies. We would go in the hotel no matter where. Like you check, you land in the airport, say 10 or 11 o'clock, go straight to the room and, you know, okay. So we're going to work out tan train or whatever. And sometimes Brian skipped tanning and training. He just ate, (laughs) Uh, but, but, uh, he would go in, get the remote, turn it on and then buy. He literally would buy one of those two movies for days on end. (laughs) You can watch it repeat. Yeah. The whole time you're going, that's, um, yeah, yeah, they're called doctors. <laughs> and there's line after line after line after line. The uh, the last question, Mr. Brian R.D. James has. He wanted to see if you'd bring it up, uh, but you did not. Oh, um, he, you've called him Gerard. You've called yep. him Turkey Tail. He said, "Why have you not asked? Uh, told everybody what his nickname for you is." <laughs> oh my gosh i'm having a i don't know if it's like every day like he don't walk up to you and call you this it's just a nickname that you will know now i could either tell you the nickname and you tell the story or i could tell the why he gave you the nickname and you tell everybody the nickname what do you think i don't i mean you're if you feel comfortable telling the story that i no, no, it's not it's not dirty no that's fine no it's what <laughs> yeah. i he said you put so much of this on in the room, it looked like a kilo blew up. <laughs> he said he called you powder puss for all the baby powder. He used. called, okay, yes. Powder, <laughs> puss, powder balls, powder puss, yes. So back in the day, <laughs> traveling and in and out of, uh, here's the day I land, go work out, all this. And uh, so lots of sweat. You just talked about sweat. I used to, uh, cornstarch baby powder was one of my best friends. Always <laughs> used to make powder up. And he'd look at me like, what the hell? Come on, powder puss, get dressed. Cause I would be the last one dressed <laughs> in the room. The jarhead Marine is, uh, dressed, ready, to go. ready to go and pack backpack zip. <laughs> I mean, he's ready to walk out the door and I'm still in the shower and he's like, dude, come on. And I'm like, Oh, hold on. Blah, blah. And then, yeah. like what are you doing powder puss we should have called this this show turkey tails with powder puss that's what we should (laughs) buddy it has been uh it's been super fun to talk to you about our buddy road dog uh jesse james brian james armstrong whatever you want to call him he is one of a kind my friend and uh buddy uh thank you for letting me fill in thank you for letting me fill in if you are tuning in because you want to hear a, bar, a part about Dixie Carter, that's bumped to next week. It is not getting lost next week, Jeff. You and Conrad hit part one, and it's going to be a part one because y'all can talk about Dixie for a long time. There's going to be stories that have never been told. There's going to be stories that will surprise some folks. And then there's going to be a unique set point, if you will, that me and Conrad have talked about that we both have on kind of the what if 
I'm excited because just times being around when me, you and Conrad are in the room together somewhere, not forced just organically at some point, he asks you a question about Dixie. Yep. Um, and yeah. it is that prevalent. So I can't wait for it to all be finally put into the ether. Everybody can experience it. You could check that out. Also, before we get out of here over at adfreeshows.com, you can find the WCW world title was featured on title chase with renowned belt guy, Dave Milliken, Eric Bischoff and myself spoke with Raven after a recent 83 weeks episode covering their past. And Jeff, you and Karen just talked about some of your memories from triple a. How fun was that? A blast. It is the uniqueness and I've said it since I came on board last April and May. When you drill down on ad-free shows, and I do personal appearances all around the world, I've been in the business 36 years running. People want access. They want early. They want this. They want that. Had Conrad, and if he wouldn't, still a fan. He's a true fan. So he knows what a fan wants. It is by far the best value in professional wrestling today. And I don't say that because I'm a part of the member. I said that before I got on board, I could not believe he delivers this stuff every month. So plus coming up, you can be a part of Jake Roberts watching Halloween havoc, 1992, just in time for Halloween. And he'll take your questions. If you're a top guy all over at adfreeshows.com. Also Conrad launched the book with David Manning. It's covering world-class from his dad's booking sheets. Have you heard about this, Jeff? Incredible. That's what I'm saying. If you are a fan, specifically a nostalgia piece, you don't even have to be that the stuff that is uncovered. My dad's sit down interview. There was stuff that I learned there that he's my old man, but anyway, (laughs) Uh, they have the actual booking sheets from January, 1982. And next week they're launching making the town, which is another concept you do not want to miss. Remember you get all these shows early and ad free. Like Jeff said, the best value in the business for as low as $9. Before you get out of here, wherever you're consuming it, like, subscribe, leave a five-star rating on all platforms. If you're on Twitter, follow us at Real Jeff Jarrett, at The Casio Kid, at My World Pod. It's all things podcast here. If you're watching us on YouTube, you got two handsome studs. I upgraded the looks in this. I look better than Conrad on camera. I'm right. You do. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, like subscribe, be sure to turn on those notifications at youtube.com slash my world with Jeff Jarrett. Jeff, thanks for letting me pinch hit, man. It's been a fun time. Um, I will take a guitar shot over a figure four. I don't, I don't like getting in the floor. It takes a long time for me to get up. So, <laughs> so I'll take a stroke uh, anytime. Uh, there you go. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching for Mr. The Hall of Famer. Cassio, I could not thank you enough. Tell Judy hello. Go on over to G's, get you some fried chicken, and have a great <sighs> afternoon, pal. Tell Karen, please don't slap me. <laughs> Peace. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.